Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, I am joined by Thomas Anderson and Gray Hart from Richmond Commercial Services based out of Virginia, our OMA partner in the area. Thomas and Gray are a couple young guns in the industry, as is RCS as a whole, very young company within OMA. So I'm excited to talk to them today, get their perspective on things, see where the industry's going, how they've gotten their start in the industry. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. Good yeah, to be here. No, it's exciting. I've, uh, you know, I've known Gray pretty well now for, for a couple months, probably about six months. And Thomas, I'm just getting to know you, but it's exciting to talk to a couple of, uh, you know, young gentlemen in the industry working hard to get their start. So many people I've talked to on this podcast, and Thomas will talk a little bit about it, have been seasoned, more seasoned in the industry. So to get uh, you know, your perspectives on um, how it's gone for you so far and uh, what you've seen you know, that's worked well for you is exciting. Um, so, so Thomas, why don't we start with you? How'd you get your start in the industry? Because as far as a young person, you're doing pretty well for yourself and uh, have established yourself. Uh, so, so how'd you get started, you know, in the beginning? It's a good question. Um, so I started out uh, going way back, uh, seven, six or seven years old, you start in T-ball and, uh, you know, just some background on this because we got to start there. Um, I remember, you know, there's like a tryout, you know, in T-ball, you know, to, to pick what team you're on. And so there's this kid that shows up. And he's wearing, you know, Yankee hat, Yankees jersey, Yankee socks. You know, if, if they had like Yankees cleats, he probably would have had them, but he, but he didn't at the time. Um, so my dad was the head coach and, you know, we're running laps in the morning. And, um, you know, this guy comes up to my dad. He has a Yankees hat, too. And he goes, you know, what, what are we going to do? How's this, how's this trial going to go? Are we going to throw? Are we going to, you know, are we going to hit? What, what's the deal? And he goes, is your son, you know, the kid wearing the Yankees jersey? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, your son's going to run laps the whole time while the rest of us, you know, get to play and do all that other fun stuff. Long story short, um, that was my dad and Vince Barano talking, six, seven years old. And, uh, you know, my dad turns to him and he goes, you know, you're going to be my assistant coach. I need help here. You know, nine, 10 different teams later, multiple championships, you know, probably 300 wins, 10 losses. And that's not exaggerating, you know, games later um you know college comes around he coached all my teams football baseball if he could have coached swimming he probably would have but he was too busy I mean he was at office movers at the time which if you know anything about you know the DC uh you know moving history they were kind of the big guys at the time it was office movers and uh so college comes around they weren't my coaches anymore I, I didn't make it to the league unfortunately um although I thought I would but I did I fell short and, uh, you know, so I, your junior year of college, you have to do an internship. And so I figured, you know, what do I do? Who do I know? Uh, my dad was a sales guy for, you know, he still is a sales manager for 30 years. Didn't want to do what he did, kind of wanted to figure it out on my own. So I reached out to Vince and I said, you know, I heard about this JK moving thing. No idea what it is. See your trucks around town. Sounds kind of cool. You know, can we, uh, can I intern with you? And he was, you know, very courteous and gracious and gave me my first opportunity as, you know, as an intern. And then, uh, you know, I got four or five years later, here I am still in the industry, um, went from intern and then eventually 
was on their sales team for for a little while and uh you know still talked to a lot of those guys today i didn't realize what i was stepping into at the time i was like oh it's you know it's just a moving company you know it's just i see their trucks around town and little did i know they were you know the largest privately owned moving company in the united states and uh you know had some of the biggest hitters on their team you know i, I know rocky likes to you know call them the harlem globetrotters of moving if you will um, and to this day, you know, I still use a lot of those guys as resources, call them regularly, you know, consider some of them friends and, uh, you know, look up to a lot of those guys and they still help me, you know, in the, behind the scenes a little bit if I ever need it. Um, and that's how kind of a brief synopsis of how I got here today. That's awesome, man. I got some follow up questions for that. But Ray, why don't you tell us how you got in the industry? Um, mine's completely different. Um started off with a household um started off just running stairs at the university of virginia so uh my freshman year right when i got to school you know we were trying to figure out what we we're gonna do for some side cash and one of the fifth years on the team was like yeah i worked for bellhops it's like you know they had a couple locations on the east coast i think at the time and he was like yeah that you know i, I worked for him for last summer like you know, the service was just kind of, I think we can do it a little bit better. So like the whole wrestling team at UVA just started hustling and bustling. And uh, we just started from, you know, just doing U-Hauls. We would get, we'd pick up U-Hauls, we'd pick up trucks. You know, we were just doing like labor side of things. And then one year after another, um, just kept growing. I ended up uh, getting a better opportunity at another firm to be a partner there. And, uh, we grew that and then I learned the whole interstate game and that was a whole step up went from doing college apartments and student housing to trucks all over the country coordinating stacking jobs and then doing uh you know bigger bigger size homes you know we went from doing a three-bedroom apartment to a 4,500 square foot house and it was like all right there's a little bit more to this game than uh just running apartments and then um, I ended up, uh, everybody was just like, hey, you, you keep, keep going, keep jumping levels in this game. Like you got um, to meet this Alec guy. And, and uh, I was both from the same schools, uh, both same, went to the same high school and, and college. Alec played on the football team at UVA. I wrestled at UVA and uh, just kept, you know, it was kind of like a figure eight. People just kept saying, I'm telling you, man, like you got to, even my dad was like, you know, I've heard good things all about him. Like they moved, they moved uh, VMI, Virginia Military Institute, the whole library. And I was like, all right, maybe I need to take this a little step farther and uh, got in touch with Alec and, and Harrison and uh, pretty much just like went out to eat. And uh, I was like, dude, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. So then jumped in the commercial world, like head first. Um, big fan, <laughs> big <Yeah>. fan. <laughs> getting away from just doing household all the time and doing us, you know, a, a little bit higher tier, you know, not just doing household, doing logistics, warehousing, um, to huge, you know, relocate building relocations, which is a whole different ball game. And I was like, this is, uh, this is right up my alley. So that's kind of my background. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's interesting too, because myself included, you know, I had a couple jobs after college, uh, just 
like trying to figure it out. I, my dad was really on my ass to get a job pretty quickly. So I just kind of took what I could get at first. Um, but I wound up, you know, eventually, I think it was like my third job, uh, you know, after doing like insurance and then like media ad sales, I ended up in moving and um, just one of those industries you get in and you never leave and you work your way up. You know, whether it's doing those household moves to start in those three bedroom apartments, like you said, Greg, and then eventually it leads to, you know, for me in Manhattan, it was the luxury apartments and, and luxury, you know, uh, moves in that realm. And then from there you get to commercial and uh, once you hit commercial and you get, you know, you got your legs under you a little bit too, as far as understanding how the trucks, how the manpower, how those things work. It becomes a lot easier to envision the, you know, uh, success that you can have in those industry. So it really works out. And that's really cool. I didn't realize uh, that you had, you had started in college like, like Alec as well. Um, and then just kind of had always been circling around each other, but never fully had met until you ended up at RCS. It's been like, what for you, like uh, about a year so far or not? Not even. Not even. Yeah. It's been, yeah. It's been like, six to eight months you know yeah yeah that makes sense so so then so then thomas as far as you you just got to rcs but you know speaking about the guys over at jk i've had vince on the podcast he's a great guy um you know knows a lot i've also uh you know had brian martin and and jim stevens um i think i've had brad on too uh mm -hmm. you know on the podcast and uh they're all products of the, the jk vince barano pipeline um, were you working with those guys as well when you were over there? Certainly Vince, but like was, you know, Brad and Brian and Jim over there when you were over there? Oh yeah. So that it's interesting. You, you mentioned that when I, when I first interned, I started as kind of a marketing guy because that was my degree. And, uh, then they eventually paired me up with Jim Stevens and Rocco Balsamo. And I go, this is it. This is, you know, they wanted me to try a little bit of marketing, try a little bit of sales. I, I knew in the back of my head, I always wanted to do sales. But, you know, once I started going on walkthroughs with Jim, going on walkthroughs with Rocco, that completely changed my outlook on, you know, the industry as a whole, you know, not only watching them produce at a very high level, but also having fun with it. And, uh, you know, just the relationships they'd built, what they were doing. Um, I was like, this is what I want to do. And then fast forward, you know, they, they, JK is huge on training, extensive training. So they paired me up with uh, Cody Ryder uh, my first three months. And I did five to seven walkthroughs a week with him. Just walking me then, you know, pricing. <laughs> and then they're extremely, um, the, the way they like to train people is just high intensity, high rep, high intensity. Um, and weekly, we'd have a meeting with Brian, Brad, Rocco, Cody, you know, you name it. And they'd be like, well, if we got, you know, this big of a, you know, warehouse or office and, you know, we're moving this many people, um, you know, what should your price be at? And then it was very, you know, the intensity was very high. So, yeah. So I, I worked with all those guys. Eventually I started working with, you know, more Brad and, and Paul who passed away. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of inspired me to, you know, do what I want to do what I do now and, um, you know, produce at a very high level. When you said they were having fun with it, what exactly were they were doing that you thought was fun? I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble here, um, but, you know, just, you know, employee like lunches with clients, you know, 
the stuff that people don't necessarily talk about just you know driving around joking around you know it's not always people know what we're here to do so a lot of times you know we have a personal relationship with a lot of our clients um so just kind of the interactions you know kind of just pushing each other you know making fun of each other a little bit all you know good good hearted fun um but just a lot of that made the day go by quicker it was more enjoyable it wasn't so much you know x's nose you're doing this um it was every day was different every day was unique you never knew it was going to happen um and you know just making sure you know like a quote of Rocco, he's like what's the most important thing of the day and you're like i don't know like the move or you know getting the pricing out or and he's like, no, it's what's for lunch. And it's just like <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's just, they're funny. They're really yeah. funny guys. And, you know, this is a hard industry. And if you don't have a sense of humor, you're not going to make it very far. All of those guys, if there's one trait I can say about them, they're all funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a big thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Having that sense of humor and then like great kind of getting back to you. You know, this is an industry you started in doing this with your wrestling buddies. And again, I could imagine it's a pain in the ass a lot of times, you know, during the summer and residential moving, you know, you're hauling shit all over the place and um, it can be heavy, you know, it's whether you're packing boxes, it could be monotonous um, and uh, you got to have fun while you're doing it. So Thomas, that certainly makes sense. Um, but great, you've kind of just made the jump to commercial. It's interesting when you make that transition and there is another learning curve that goes on with it. And again, like we were talking, I mentioned before, you have the understanding of trucks and manpower and that sort of thing. But what's been your biggest uh, like adjustment hopping in or, or I guess learning curve hopping in the commercial world that you've really focused on or have tried to get better at, you know, since making that jump? Um, yeah, I've seen you know, the commercial world's more of like, you know, you're going to get a PO where it's going to be a, a flat rate quote, you know, they, what's your number? Um, so when you dive into that, you know, you can't always be hedged by a TNM, you know, you can't just go to rely on that hourly quote. So you, you got to attack the quote from multiple angles. There's a lot more that goes into it. A lot more factors. Um, I think I'm just, just, you know, I've been working alongside Harrison and Alec day in, day out. And um, they've really, you know, helped me out with transitioning. Yeah. Uh, What's it like working for those guys, huh? Because I only know them from like the OMA conferences and stuff like that. So, you know, what's it like actually working for them? Always, always sprinting, hustle and bustle every single day. There's no, you know, you, you work, you know, everybody's like oh work-life balance but I mean we we work you know you want to be really good at something probably working seven days a week yeah and somewhat and to Gray's point I mean like like you said just always working and like something that really differentiates Harrison and Alec is you know they're involved with every part of the process they're owners and you know they're they're there to help with the sale you know they're managing guys on the ground they're coordinating projects you know, they're ops managers and they don't necessarily have to. We have the staff. They, they want to be hands-on. I've seen Harrison unload a truck with a forklift four or five times while fielding sales calls, while getting the USPS guy from the door. While, like it's, they're, they're wearing so many hats. Not that they have to, like they, they want to. They want to make sure there's quality at every, you know, every part of the process. And that's something that, you know, 
for me, just in my time, short time with them so far is it really differentiates them from other owners I've worked with in the past. They're not sitting at their house. They're, they're here working every day. And if you call them at 10 o'clock at night, they're going to pick up. It's, it's, it's awesome for me. Yeah. I think, uh, I think what's really telling about both of them is they've understand the opportunity that they have as business owners in this industry and, 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 you know, growth opportunities to really build out uh, significant companies in the Virginia area. And, and you guys just got office space in Northern Virginia, um, which is huge, you know, to be a little closer um, to DC and, and markets like that, right? Correct. Yeah. So we're located here in Lorton. I'm here right now. Um, we just got 75,000 square feet of warehouse space, which is filling up in what feels like overnight. I took a picture of it a month ago. It was half full and now it's like, you know, shooting up and that we have 15 guys per day, uh, building racking. And then we also have 120 truckloads coming in, uh, trailers, uh, from one of our biggest clients. So, um, we're busy here and we are actually in negotiation to get the rest of the building to expand to 150,000 square feet, which we thought would have taken six to 12 months, but with, you know, the rate we're growing, uh, we're looking to do it in, in maybe three. So we are in a very fast growth period right now. Yeah. And like, great. What's it been like for you as far as, I mean, you said you've been there six to eight months, you know, what type of growth have you seen in that time? Uh, astronomical growth. I mean, like the whole, office i'm primarily in richmond and charlottesville the uh, most of the time but i make it up to dc you know probably once every three weeks um we didn't have we didn't have the lorton warehouse we didn't have the charlottesville branch um we've added i think we've added about another 10 trucks um staying super busy we've added a ton of different employees CFO, HR, um, different, different people on the business development team. I mean, it just continues to, to turn, you know, we just got to keep the pace. Yep. That's and, really that, and, that, and that was a big thing for me. I mean, you know, growth being with a, you know, rapid growth company, that's not, you know, you know, the average profit margin for a company is around, you know, 10%. I, I'm not going to speak on ours, but we're, we're growing extremely fast at exponential rates and, you know, we're doing things right. And that's, I wanted to be a part of one of those teams early. So that's why I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. And that's something that's really benefited me at the advanced group too. Uh, you know, when I got here three years ago, I don't even comprehend, like we, we were a well-established, you know, company already, as far as you mentioned, some of those people that come on CFO HR, we had a lot of those established uh, departments already in terms of like client services, which is huge. Our operations department um, has really done a lot. KJ Kennedy, who's come on a couple of times, he took over as um, COO and really refined our, our operations and project management teams, which has been a huge improvement since I've started here up until now. But then you look at that expansion into other markets, you know, even though you guys are in Virginia and expanding just to Northern Virginia, that's still a huge expansion. We've gotten into Florida and that's, you know, opened up massive opportunities for us, um, both on the commercial and residential uh, side of the businesses. So it's really, and what's interesting too, is as young people or younger people in the industry, like, you know, we're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, we just talked about how much we like uh, being in this industry and, and being part of these, these growth 
businesses. Um, so there's over, there's still so much on the horizon and like that's what makes it exciting. And I think delving back to Alec and Harrison, um, you know, that's why they work so hard again, because they understand we're doing something right. We're filling these warehouses up. What type of uh, work are you filling it up with? Is it, is it education mostly? I think you guys do a lot of that, right? Yes. Um, we actually have half our warehouse dedicated to FF&E right now, which oh, is nice. another thing I hadn't done a lot of in the past. We're huge on hotels, um, yeah. receive, deliver, and install. Um, also, uh, you know, yeah, healthcare, hotels. Um, so that's, that's about half our warehouse. Then the other half is just dedicated to commercial. It's a commercial swing space, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so offices, you know, standard stuff. But that's another thing I've I haven't been in a warehouse personally, other than except, you know, Flood Brothers have been down there and I've seen, you know, their warehouse, they have an FF&E section. Um, but besides Flood Brothers, I don't personally really know anybody else out there who is, uh, has a whole half of their warehouse dedicated to FF&E type projects. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and again, especially in that area, um, that's a hot, hot industry. Uh, so that's really great. Good for you guys. Um, I wanted to see too. So again, you know, you guys are kind of getting the taste of of Oma. Great, you've you've been to a couple, you know, seminars and stuff like that. And Oma is another good example as far as like a booming business and a business like within a five year timeline that's made significant growth and improvement and um, has raised the level of the industry as a whole because of all its partners uh, to you know operate at a higher level. Uh, you know, great. What's it been like for you so far? Because again, you were mentioning before, you you had known this business for so long of just like hustling, uh, you know, residential moves and, and growing from the, you know, the three bedroom apartment to the large household moves and then in getting into the interstate world. How has it been on the commercial side, not only understanding the commercial world, but getting into the national accounts aspect of it? Yeah, it's just a little bit cleaner. Um... A little bit more professional, you know, doesn't require as much time. You don't have to, the brick and mortar aspect isn't live by the sword, die by the sword. Um, you can go to professional vetted companies that have been doing it for a very long time at a very high level. And, you know, everything is a risk reward in anything you do. And uh, that's what it takes to get to the next level. So by using your own partners, that's essentially what it takes to get to that next step. Um, I've, I've only done a few commercial ones, just starting with, um, diving into doing a lot of household with the M3 guys, mm -hmm. doing a bunch of interstate with them right now. Um, but yeah, I've just been like kind of a filler on Harrison's projects with it. And it's that the opportunity costs and like the, the time that you can, you can save by going to that network is, is, is pretty wild. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for you, again, you've, you've, you've been at the company six to eight months. I mean, you really do. The fact that you're even doing some of these moves now is pretty impressive. And again, the fact that you can take that time to learn about it and just understand it more, it opens up your whole world. I mean, so for so long, the industry was just dedicated to your local market. Um, and it was really, it's been like that, you know, in companies really, or I should say in markets, you know, like New York, you know, major markets, San Francisco, LA, DC, um, even then the smaller markets too, second markets. There's so many companies that are just dedicated to those markets, but the fact that you've gotten in and have 
your world's already been opened up to the national accounts portion of it and what can what can happen there. That's a huge understanding to have earlier in your career, and that's going to help you a lot along the way. Thomas, when you were at uh, JK, had that national account business been open to you early, or were you more focused on you know the local commercial moving? What can you give us your timeline? Because again, you've also worked for a competitor, so you know you you understand national accounts certainly. But you know now more so being on the OMA side, you know what what's it been like for you as as far as that growth goes over your career? Yeah, so well to go back a little bit, um, I've always been a huge fan of OMA, and the first out of market job I ever did when I was at JK was was with Advanced Group. Oh nice! And uh, I remember I got a lead. I think it was in Brooklyn. I reached out to Matt Ford, who's been a big partner of mine. Uh, he's been great. Um, and he sends me back a proposal for a decom. It's like $140,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, you know, this is, sounds good. I thought it was, was going to be like a $5,000 know, move or something. Um, and I remember Matt kind of walked me through it and he's like, we got this, you know, and I, I was very wary because on a project of that size, you want to be there. You want to check on it. You want to shake the guy's hand and, you know, to have that level of trust where Matt knocked it out of the park and it was a, it was a quick time like a deadline like they had to be out like that Friday and they moved us that you know they reached out to us Monday and Matt came in crushed it um and you guys just uh you know did a really really good job which you know all the OMA partners are strong but a big reason you know I wanted to come on this podcast is you know advanced group is, is my favorite partner and we appreciate you saying that and you know Matty Ford shout out Matty Ford he is a rock star um so you know that that that's nice of you to say but that is the standard that not just the advanced group abides by but but all the OMA partners abide by especially on those bigger jobs for those really any account um but you know when you have that opportunity to come through uh for a partner and, and their client um all the OMA partners want to rise to the occasion and show why they were, uh, you know, allowed into the group in the first place, and you know, became a part of this network because this is the type of opportunities we want. And when we get those opportunities, we're going to come through in spades and uh, you know, do a great job as an extension of of our partners in the different markets. And you mentioned too, as far as national accounts and, and selling national accounts, when you have the confidence that these jobs can get done in these different markets, regardless of the com- complexity or size or any other variables, it makes it easier to sell and that your, your confidence is, is, is raised so that you can sell easier to clients, you know, knowing that regardless of what you need, uh, we'll get it back. You mentioned uh, Cody uh, Ryder earlier today. He's, in, he's at M3 with Jim Stevens um, in Phoenix, but, you know, I had a client out there who, uh, had a bit of a complex job. It was a lot of variables at play uh, and it wasn't huge by any means, but just a lot of moving parts. And, um, you know, those guys get it done easy, clients happy. And uh, I, I had no doubts from start to finish. I know those guys personally, obviously. Um, so, you know, I know they're going to come through, but it's those type of relationships and that trust uh, that goes a long way. And I think that's why the OMA network and the OMA brand and, and what almost built over the course of the last five years um, is so exponentially better than, than anything else out there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these companies try to sell on the fact that, you know, oh, well, you know, all these companies are actually different companies. It really doesn't 
matter at all because again we're all abiding to the same standards um, we're all vetted you know by the same levels and um, criteria so so it works out well and I think as far as the industry develops and grows and I want to get your guys opinions on this since you've been doing it since I, I like having like the younger perspective and and you know people who kind of they came in at a certain point and they've seen it up until now where the industry is going so you know gray being so new to the industry, I think it's really nice to get your to get your opinion on it because, and I say industry as far as commercial, um, because I think people who have done it for so long, they their their opinions can be skewed a little bit, you know. So or, or you know their experiences in the past can skew their opinion. I should say. So you know, someone's so new at it. Where do you see the future of this industry going? Um, you know, in the next, let's say, three to five years? Uh, yeah, I think there's a ton of opportunity, especially with where you're seeing things with the economy coming out of COVID. Um, you know, the the moving industry and contracting industry as a whole is, um, you know, it's incredibly hard to find labor right now. Everybody's having a hard time with that. And if you can kind of push through some of those challenges and, uh, work through some of that I think uh, there's going to be exponential growth for anyone that's in those spheres um, it's definitely a difficult um, thing to conquer everybody's like looking at one another what's the solution what's the solution you kind of got to walk you got to go you know you got to you got to look through the look through the box and, and figure it out a little bit but I think in, in terms of like the labor industry as a whole I I, it's not going anywhere. It's it's always going to be here, and I think uh, kind of the sky's the limit with with this stuff. Yeah, I agree. And Thomas, we'll get to that, but I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit as far as the labor industry as a whole, because I think I saw Goldman Sachs yesterday put out a report like 300 million jobs are going to be affected by AI uh, in the next 10 years, and um, one of the things that was actually said at a recent OMA conference was for kids in like middle school right now, 50% of all jobs that they'll have when they graduate from college don't even exist yet. But you look at something like the moving industry, which is one of the oldest injury industries of all time, uh, when you really think about it, trucking as a whole and transportation of goods um, has been going on since the start of the agricultural revolution, really. And um, when you think of it like that and what we do for our industry, there might be slight changes in terms of technology, which is well needed because I think there's a lot of ways the transportation logistics industry is uh, lagging in that sense. But if you look at what we do, you know, what we sell is we sell labor, you know, when we sell a process and, uh, you know, how things are done. So um, that's never going to leave you know, and you're not going to be able to mimic that with an AI. So we're safe. And I think the labor industry as a whole is safe. Now, do I think, you know, robotics and that type of technology could play a key in some way, shape or form? I do, you know, specifically when it comes to warehousing, it kind of already exists. There's different tools you can use in warehousing that may eliminate some, some warehouse workers and people like that. But Still, nonetheless, uh, there's always going to be some level of labor that that's necessary 
to transport goods, you know, one way or another. Um, so that, that's an interesting concept. Thomas, Thomas, what do you think on your end as far as, you know, the industry in the next three to five, even 10 years? So that's a good question. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of folks who have been in this game for a really long time. And I think on one of your older podcasts, Brian said, you know, Brian Martin, that, you know, we're, we're kind of getting away from when, when a law firm was moving, that was like a seven figure deal. Yeah. Like, cause they were moving everything. What I'm seeing is a lot more, you know, IT moves, a lot more just crates, uh, peripherals, things like that. Um, so I think the key for us moving forward, or at least the industry as a whole, is to differentiate your services, you know, e-cycling, Gray's been doing some flooring stuff, uh, there you, just, go. you know, have a whole slew of additional services. But I, I read an article uh, recently, I can't remember who posted it, but it said 50% of Fortune 500 companies will be reducing their footprint over the next five years, I think. I'm not positive on that, but what I think is there's going to be a lot more decommissions, um, a lot more, you know, crate moves, a lot more, um, you know, contents. Uh, so as a whole, it's shrinking a little bit, but you kind of just have to pivot. And so I think, you know, disconnect, reconnect, um, you know, like I said, e-cycling, uh, decommissions, uh, being able to provide all those services, I think is very important because it's still a huge industry. And I, I'm not sure. I think my mom read a book one time and she told me that she was reading about movers in Pompeii, like before, right. you know, before right. trucks. That's what I mean, so, That's what I mean. Yeah. agricultural revolution type stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, the industry is not going anywhere. You just kind of have to pivot. Um, and I think, you know, just focus on, you know, your craft. And I think uh, that's how I kind of see the industry progressing. Yeah. And I agree with you there too. And then, you know, you bring up another interesting concept or thought as far as, okay, these Fortune 500 companies are reducing their footprint, you said by 50%? Yes. Yeah. So then how is that space going to be repurposed? What's it going to be used for? Again, there's still going to be have to be goods that go into these spaces. They're not just going to sit there. So whether there was an article in the Times about a month ago or probably before that, I'm not exactly sure. I might have just saw it a month ago. But essentially what's going on in New York City right now is the amount of available space that's available could fill up 26 Empire State Buildings. So that's a massive amount of commercial office space. How is that going to be repurposed in the future? Is it going to be you know, more for higher education or education in general? Uh, will it be for life sciences, which is a very popular industry right now, the arts and culture? How are we going to rezone buildings so that are they going to be more multi-use, you know, rather than fully commercial buildings? Will you see, you know, 50% of floors being residential and 50% commercial? All of these things, you know, they offer a lot of unique perspective. What's important for us as young professionals who are going to be in this industry for the next 20 some odd years is to stay flexible within that, you know, and you mentioned the IT portion, that's a huge aspect of it, but, you know, also uh, the, the handling, and, and you mentioned it with hospitality and FF&E, um, you know, that type of work too, and, and being very diverse in your offerings, I think is going to be key. And that's one of the things that we excel at. We have a distinct advantage at the advanced group over our competitors in New York specifically. We have an entire technology services division that does 
a litany of things within IT, not just the disconnect, reconnect, but also security, uh, low voltage, you know, design and builds and, and uh, all, all of those things um, uh, with data centers and, and stuff like that. So uh, to, to have that level of uh, flexibility and the services you offer combined with national accounts and, and doing work all over the global and mimicking that work across the country and the globe is uh, is huge. So yeah, I think it's all very interesting. Um, but boys, this was a real good conversation today. I appreciate you having it. Uh, I was hoping maybe next time we do this, it could be in person. I was hoping the first time we could do this, it could be in person, but you know, it was tough to line it up. Uh, next time we do it, make sure we'll make sure we do it in person. And maybe we'll talk about some uh, success stories we've had working together that we can promote. But uh, gentlemen, it was a real pleasure. Thank you both and, and, and looking forward to the next time.